UCLA wins it 42-32 over Utah. Let's get to it as the Bruins are 6-0, 3-0 in Pac-12 play, ranked as high as number 11 or number 12 in the two most important polls other than the college football playoff. And UCLA asserting their dominance over two straight top 15 teams, both wins at home as they head into their bye week. Let's get to our full reaction and grades here on Locked On UCLA. Let's hit that music, baby. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, it's your favorite host, Zach Anderson Yoxheimer. You can follow me at Zach and Yox, the show Twitter at Locked On Bruins. In the meantime, thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. If you're watching on YouTube, thanks for keeping me a check with the comments, whatever it may be. Like, comment, and subscribe. Thank you for your support. As I know, whether you're subscribing or not, it's it's been a quite a ride so far for UCLA, who starts six you know, this season, nine-game winning streak. It's been so long since the Bruins, even the UCLA fans on the football side, have seen such a start. And for the Bruins, here they are, heading into the bye week. We'll do some bye week shenanigans. We'll keep it interesting on the podcast. I know nothing can get more interesting than a game week. And with the most important game now of this season at the time, coming up in two weeks before, of course, the all-important rivalry matchup later, well, we will keep you entertained. I hope so. We'll have some bi-week chronicles and whatnot. But for UCLA and the Bruins, let's get right to it in terms of our eight clap, and we'll get to our full grades and reactions of their win over Utah. Get those hands in the air. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U C L A. UCLA. Let's go. All right. Let's get right to it. UCLA, forty-two to thirty-two. They beat Utah who was then ranked number 11, two straight top 15 wins for UCLA after all the talk, including myself, and it has to be brought up. The non-conference schedule, easy. The first conference game, extremely easy. You got Colorado on the road. That was your first true road game. And for UCLA, passed it with flying colors in some cases, maybe not. Got a surprising Washington test in terms of they're better than expected. Bruins beat them. And then came the true test where some may have already had UCLA 5-0, and but to come in and rock Utah like they did, even though the final score is 42 to 32, the Bruins were up 42 to 27 before that late pick. Yes, 42, no, 42 25. I can do my math right. 42 to 25 before that late pick six in the fourth quarter. And while the game was equally closer than it looked and also more dominant than the final score indicated, it's a weird game where there's going to be some fluctuating grades here for all the offense, defense, and special teams. UCLA and certain aspects dominating all three phases of the game. And then also in other phases, they truly didn't look sharp. But in the end, all be all, they were physical, they are dominant, and they are just one step better than Utah that Saturday afternoon in the Rose Bowl against the Utes, who take their second loss and effectively out of the college football playoff conversation. And dare I say it, UCLA for the moment, at least for the next two weeks, very much in the running for more than just a Pac-12 championship. And that's not saying yes, no, It that's just what they've done so far. You're unbeat, unbeaten so far in the season. The only teams ahead of UCLA in the poll are all undefeated teams, except for the coaches poll in which Oregon is ahead of UCLA. 
So here we go. Let's get to it. UCLA. Let's get to some of the numbers here before we start grading teams, grading the sides. UCLA had over 500 yards of offense, allowed nearly 500 yards of offense, were able to churn out nearly 200 yards on the ground, and they allowed nearly 200 yards on the ground. Utah running for over 190 yards, really testing that UCLA run defense, which numbers-wise had showcased itself to be a bit of a beast, only allowing 80 yards rushing coming into that game. So that physical mindset that UCLA needed to institute came into play. UCLA, as I mentioned in our immediate reaction, five for six in the red zone, the only clunker being the missed field goal, basically shorter than an extra point. And then for UCLA, they allowed Utah to go down the field, bend but don't break, forcing multiple turnovers, and then watching the missed field goal, and then also watching the Utes go three or four in the red zone. So those are some key statistics. Cam Rising showcase he can go dual threat, kind of like DTR, even more so with his physical presence. DTR was flooding the ball all around with his 299 yards, four touchdowns through the air, one on the ground, and his lone interception coming on the final throw of the game to Clark Phillips III, who seems to be a crazy ball hawk for the Utes secondary. Another pick six for a second straight week for Utah's Clark Phillips III. But DTR, we have to shout him out, the now all-time career leader in passing touchdowns for UCLA, passing none other than Brett Hundley with his 76th touchdown pass of his career, coming on a 70-yard big play touchdown to Logan Loya to help begin the UCLA's process of icing away the game. And it, it couldn't be a better story, right, for DTR to find a way to get that record-breaking touchdown pass in a big game that he wanted with a big exclamation point on a big explosive play. It just seems seems like the nice way for him to get that passing touchdown record. So many records that he's slowly either creeping up on or about to break just like he did with that passing touchdown record. We didn't shout it out in the immediate reaction, but I figured we should get a little more time to it right now. Defense forcing turnover, two turnovers, getting key stops, and that's what they needed to do. Now let's get right to it for our grades in terms of, all right, we'll go offense, defense, special teams, kind of circle it back, and then eventually we'll talk about what needs to be improved upon throughout the week or two weeks before we lead up to that Oregon Ducks matchup. So UCLA able to put up 40 points, 40-plus points again offensively. It's just ridiculous how Chip Kelly has this team firing on all cylinders offensively and with new defensive coordinator Bill McGovern, they're getting right to it, just finding ways to make defensive stops when they need to deep in the red zone, forcing turnovers of what? One Michael Penix Jr., Cam Rising, who hadn't turned the ball over too often, throwing interceptions since that first Florida interception or that one that cost Utah week one. And then UCLA was able to force a pick. Darius Mwasa was fantastic on the defensive side. You had Leao Latu being another beast. And the Bruins showcasing offensively their versatility beyond just DTR and Zach Charbonnet in the receiving game. Meantime, while we are about to give our grades, let's tell you some words about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't need to earn the trust of that many people without, do- without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. That's because they have cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why to love it. Those monitoring agents can detect and dispatch police when there's an emergency, even if you're not home or cannot be reached. They've got advanced sensors in every room and can detect fairly quickly, instantly detect fires, floods, or any other threats 
to your home. Just know that you can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, let's go. I know I've been teasing grades. Let's get right to it. The fluff monster has hit me in the head. It's not just my hair. Apparently, it's in my brain. If you want to see the beanie, here's the beanie if you're looking on YouTube. It's coming out for big big events only. All right, UCLA, UCLA's offense, DTR, was able to go average 13 yards in the air with 13 yards per completion, 299 yards, 18 of 23, and he was 18 of 22 in the air before that late pick, four touchdowns passing was able to hit nine separate receivers, all for each receiver that he hit, the nine separate receivers, all the way from Logan Loya, who technically led the Bruins in receiving yards with one reception touchdown for 70 yards that helped put the Bruins ahead to stay for good. I know there was never really any doubt in terms of lead changes, but for UCLA, late in that fourth quarter, kind of early fourth quarter, Logan Loya got that big touchdown on the second and 19 play, a little dump off underneath. Loya just sprinted to the end zone, beating everybody to help put the Bruins ice that game, put that game on ice, whatever it may be. You had the likes of even Michael Ozeki, who was technically second in receiving yards. He had a 49-yard catch to help set up that first passing touchdown. Nine different receivers, Dorian Thompson Robinson, was able to hit through the air, and every single one of them had a catch of over 10 yards or more. And Kaz Allen was able to have six rece- six receptions, leading all Bruins in receptions. Only 41 yards, but we'll talk more about Kaz Allen and his true impact beyond just his team-leading six receptions against the Utes in a, a, later, later on in this episode. He had, D, he had Zach Charbonnet, career high, almost eclipsing 200 yards, 198 yards, about nine yards per carry with 22 carries, and then having a touchdown on the ground. Not as much of a focal point like he was against Washington, also getting the ball receiving-wise, but... He was churning out so many yards on the ground. It was impressive for the UCLA offense for where there was multiple times they had a second and long or very long setup, second and 16, I think a second and 12, and it would hand it off to Charbonnet, who just raced down the sideline, make some men miss, make some Utes miss, and get first down to put them into successful chances. And it helps when you're behind the chains, behind second and long, you hand it off to your beast back. And he goes and makes the offense have a much easier time of it with the offensive line winning battles. And just Jack, Zach Charbonnet just going so crazy, running through everybody, making men miss the physicality. Again, Zach Charbonnet will almost always continue to impress, regardless of who the Bruins are playing, regardless of how his career finishes. A fantastic beast last season, and now especially coming into this season, featuring as the main back with no more Britton Brown. It's Charbonnet coming in, becoming a beast. Jake Bobo had a couple of few receptions, but two key touchdown receptions, one on a slant pattern, another one where he college toe-tapped his way in, the one little toe-tap at the back of the end zone making a nice catch. And for UCLA, just seeing the ability to continue to have the versatile offense. And one of the things I kind of mentioned in that crossover preview, even though apparently none of you guys liked it based on what I said, but kind of what I was meaning in the meat of it, who are the people that were going to step up and step up and make the play? Well, Kaz Allen made some plays in more than just the offensive side of things. You had Logan Loya, who made the big catch, 70-yard touchdown. It wasn't going to be Jake Bobo, who's going to put up 150 yards for the second straight week or something close to that. It was UCLA showcasing just the versatility, just showcasing everything, how much, how much depth they have 
in the receiver group. And while they're not going to go burn past you and throw it deep down the field, they find the openings down the field vertically. They find the sprinting lawyers coming through on a little in pattern, racing up for a touchdown. They have nine different receivers, and I know Utah hit nine different receivers defensively, but it was UCLA who was able to go through, pick apart the Utah defense. After their first two drives didn't do much, UCLA started off the game 0 for 2 on third downs. They went 5 for 7 on their next seven third downs. So they went, they started 0 for 2. Then they went 5 for 7, which was a key on third downs. UCLA already this season, I think coming into the game, I think I heard the broadcast say they were over 53% coming in, and then they already go over 50% for the game with another spectacular third down efficient offense, which was already top 10 in the country, which is what's going to help when your offense, if they get behind or it's third and one, you have the short game to get it. You have the passing game to go along with it. And the Bruins have showed they can get third downs and convert them despite a couple of punts early. UCLA then turned it on. It was a low scoring game. It seemed like early, right? Pretty simple, 14 to 10. And then UCLA just really turned things on. After their first two punts, UCLA scored on six of their next seven drives, mostly ending in the end zone. And the only time they didn't was because it was right before half. They couldn't score, so they settled for a 21-yard field goal, which normally is almost always automatic. But then Nicholas Barmere, unfortunately, on the weird wide side on the near hash, the right hash, on the wicked angle, missed it off the post, doinked it. And so the Bruins could have scored seven of seven drives, seven in a row, dating from their second punt, their last punt of the game. They punted twice in the game, both coming on the first two offensive drives. And then UCLA really picked apart the Utah defense, showcasing, hey, they could not be stopped in that second half. UCLA, before their eventual pick six on the last drive, they had offensively before the kneel downs, four four straight touchdowns in the second half. That's how they did it. They were just able to go from bad start slightly, build, 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 and then boom, take it right to the Utes and showcase that physicality that even I had questioned. And while some say, oh, you're pointing to previous numbers, you were looking at old Utah teams, old UCLA teams. Well, they needed to prove that the physical beast in the Pac-12 needed to be dealt with. And while it may be a down Utah team or just simply a much better UCLA team, whatever way you want to look at it, UCLA was able to convert, be successful, showcase different ways of being successful, despite a very sloppy 11 penalty performance. A lot of those offensive penalties, simple false starts, I think accounted four or five of them were the Bruins offensively, and that's something that needs to be cleaned up. For the Bruins, we'll give them offensively, despite the late pick six, overall there is some sloppiness when it comes to the simple false starts. Overall, the Bruins offense. You have to give them an A minus. Utah. If you go from the first quarter, you could say, all right, UCLA's offense wasn't going to be too successful. And then all of a sudden, they started moving the ball, moving the ball, moving the ball. And then Utah couldn't get a stop to save their lives until the Bruins, with a minute left in the game, go for it deep into Utah territory and throw pick six to make this game a 10 point game as opposed to what was a 17 point lead before Phillips the third ran it back. Offensive grades were to go with an A minus. You know, with the, with the penalties, I really wanted to grade them lower. I wanted to be much harsher. But the fact that Utah could not get a stop, and until UCLA in that fourth quarter got a couple of stops in a row, even setting up a late UCLA touchdown to put them up 17, 
it was really the offense that was the, that's the name of the team, right? The name of the game, Chip Kelly. That's what he does. They'll just wear you down. They go down and score and score and score. It's what he did at Oregon. And so far, that's what the Bruins have done in 2022. They continue to post 40 point games for the fifth time in six games. UCLA has posted over 40 and again, over 32, 32 or more in all six of their games. So in some cases, their worst game was still putting up 32 against South Alabama, where they had to fumble it a couple of times and drop it on the one yard line against the Jaguars back in week two, week three, whatever it may be back, whenever it is, it's already, it's already all mel- meshing together, whatever it may be. So for UCLA, offensively, we give them an A minus room for growth, especially with the penalties. But when DTR is just whipping the ball all around the field, finding, all right, Jake Bobo's cover most of the time. Well, when he needs to, they got him the ball. They target him three times in the end zone, got two touchdown catches, and then they whipped it to Cam Brown, who got a touchdown catch, Logan Loya, everybody else, Titus Mokiel, Atibalala. It it was just nice to see they could go all around. Keegan Jones, everything was just clicking for Chip Kelly's offensively. That's just how it was, and that's how it's been so far in 2022. And when it came to showcasing the physicality, when they had to kind of outscore Washington for a little bit there, they've done it so far before their next big test in two weeks against Oregon. In the meantime, let's talk to you about Bet Online before we get to our defensive grades. Bet Online is your number one source for football betting information this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, and podcasts, and in depth articles with analysis of every game you can find. Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there, including Major League Baseball. The postseason's going on right now. MMA, there always seems to be a big card somewhere, somehow. Boxing, golf, whatever it may be, they've got the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. Head to Bet Online right now or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. This is where we're going to start things, talking about the defense to wrap up this podcast and kind of finish things with special teams overall before we get into our bi-week shenanigans. You, you'll see what I'm talking about. We'll have some fun bi-week episodes, and uh, we'll have regular episodes, maybe some bi-week goofiness. You'll see. The bi-week chronicles is what I'll call it with some goofiness. Hope you enjoy it. If not, then uh, we'll just wait till game games come back. I know Bruins basketball started practicing. Whatever it may be, leave it in the comments. Put in what topics you would want me to cover over the bye week when there's no football going on other than maybe a practice information or two. What's something you'd want me to cover or some topic, whether it be back in the past, a throwback Thursday segment I should key on this Thursday, or just something you want me to go over over this week. Hit me in the comments, hit us on the Twitter, whatever it may be. Just tell us if there's something specific you'd like me to put a show on. Defensively, UCLA, Ben but don't break. That's been the story so far this season. UCLA holding Utah offensively to 25 points. The Utes did get to the red zone four times, only scoring three touchdowns in the red zone, which was key. And the Bruins early on in the game watched Utah go down the field, looked like they're going to march down and score, held them up, held them to a field goal. And the Bruins were able to lead from that first touchdown all the way to the, the get-go. One thing I had problems with defensively, it was Cam Rising, who had a lot of success pulling out the ball, and despite them always trailing for the Utes, he was really being able to be a successful, you know, read option type quarterback and really pull the ball and help kind of just jolt that 
Utah rushing attack that UCLA couldn't seem to stop in some certain situations on the two-point conversion, a couple of rushing touchdowns for Cam Rising, the Bruins with one of their worst rushing defensive outputs in terms of yards so far, even though the Bruins, despite outrushing Utah over 200 from 202 yards, I think, to 192, something around that marker, it was Utah who had about four yards per carry, four and a half yards per pop. The Bruins, though, on their 11 penalties, I think four or five of them on the defense from what I counted, three of them, very crucial mistakes. You had one, three of them all on third or fourth down, allowing Utah to extend drives. There was one where Rising ran for a first down, but then they still called the defensive holding on the defense. There was a pass interference deep down the field on third and long in which Utah extended a drive and then ended in the end zone. And then there's another drive late in the game where Utah had it fourth and two. They're going for it. And UCLA jumps off sides, a silly mistake. And that allows Utah to extend the drive and continue down and score. Those are three sloppy penalties as we're going to start with the bad news first. They allowed the yards. Utah was able to run on them. Cam Rising was able to go RPO a lot, find some openings. But still, UCLA's defense, their defense, was able to do some good things. But I had to point out the sloppiness, which is why you might see a bit of a a worse grade than they they probably earned. For one, getting a couple sacks. You saw Darius Mawasa, who has to be called out defensively for a spectacular effort. A big interception early to stop an early Utah drive when they're driving for what could have been their early lead and completely changed the game. Wasau picks him off just outside. They were outside of the, at that time of the red zone, but he picks it off around the 15, the 12-yard line. Funny enough, another interception for the Bruins, and they call a penalty on the defense on the return. That's like the fourth time that's happened this year. UCLA's forced to turn over, try to return it, and the defense, for some reason, has to work on the return game because they've been just outstanding and forcing teams to turn over the ball but just not outstanding on the return of the defense. But Wasau, fantastic. Then it was that fourth down for Utah on their own side of the field where Rising was going forward on fourth and short, ran up the middle. Weird snap. He runs. Wasau pops him, gets lower the ball, just shoots out, and Jalen Davies, just a yard short of a fumble return for a touchdown, gets the Bruins up to the one-yard line, which sets up an easy Zach Charbonnet punch in for a score to make it 42-25. to in what was pretty much the game. So it was nice to see Mwasau be very important. The defense were able to get to the likes of Cam Rising, a couple of tackles for loss. There's times when Utah would try to run the ball on third and short, and despite what I'm saying, lack of physicality, and they were able to run the ball, there were times where UCLA still was able to say, no, 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 you're not running the ball on us right now at will like the Utes have in previous years. It was nice to see the physical front get there, and despite some yards being allowed, the bend-but-don't-break philosophy UCLA was able to keep the Utes out of the end zone. Simple. It's simple math. It is what it is. They did force a couple of punts, but in that beginning of the second half, UCLA and Utah traded five straight possessions with scores, and you can argue there's quite a bit more that all led to touchdowns, but for the Bruins, they did their job. Again, they slowed down Michael Penix Jr. They fought their hardest against a very scrappy South Alabama team to hold on, but even then they only allowed 31. And then in the second half of what seemed to be a track meet for a little bit there, the Bruins got two key stops and ended up finding themselves with what turned out to be a more dominant victory than maybe it might have looked like in the beginning of that fourth quarter when it went from three points to ten points to three points, and then the Bruins got some key stops and Utah couldn't find a way back in it because most importantly, their defense couldn't get a single stop in the second half beyond that late fourth down interception. UCLA defensively helps 
continuing to win the turnover margin, get the points off turnovers, which are key, getting into the end zone twice, 14 points, and they were able to keep rising just off key a little bit here and there, and they did just enough with the pressure, the physicality, doing everything. I'm going to give their grade a B. You give up 25 points, all right, that's solid, but still, there were some key mistakes defensively that could have been adjusted for in terms of, all right, you'll go with this. You can go with the three penalties on third down or one on fourth down that led to Utah first downs and extended drives and you know very well could have led to a much different game at there being very sloppy. Overall, the team was sloppy with their 11 penalties. They've got to clean that up. In the meantime, the defense, I'm going to give them a grade of a, a B because you know they did what they had to do. They only gave up the 25 points, and when they had to step up, they did. Could be better. It's maybe a bit of a favorable grade to some, but it is a B defensively. Let me know what your grades are for the offense and the defense. Defense gets a B. They did their job. And then special teams, well, this is going to be interesting. Anytime you miss a field goal under 30 yards, although in college football, nothing is guaranteed. And we've seen Barmira already make a game-winning field goal against South Alabama. But it shows you how close they're losing to the Jaguars because Barmira, with the ball on the right hash, very close, one of the toughest angles to kick when you're about five yards away from the end zone and you have to kick it from the right hash and kick it in with a very sharp angle with the much wider hash marks in college football. He missed it, hitting it off the left upright from 21 yards out. Automatically, if you miss a field goal from that short, your grade's going to be a C. It is what it is. Even though Kaz Allen was able to be spectacular with his return game to give the special teams a B-. Because Kaz Allen really came out on the special teams, he had 100 return yards total, averaged about 33, 38 yards per return. Forgot the average there. He was able to kind of help the special teams jolt up. Barmier had to punt twice, and then UCLA never brought him out again except to kick the PATs and the field goals. Overall, special teams get to B- simply because a sharp missed field goal. There will be a game this year where I think Barmira will be asked, and maybe not, I think more that it will, come down to a Barmira last-second kick again. He already answered the bell once, right down the middle on the kick from maybe like 20 yards out for a win. But we've seen him adjust. He missed his early kicks against Bowling Green, had done well until that point, and it was also key to see Utah miss a 43-yard field goal after Barmira missed his 21-yard field goal. And eventually... UCLA was able to take advantage of that. Come out of the locker room, score, 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 and score. So for the special teams, they teeter between C plus and B minus only because of that missed field goal. But Kaz Allen did make a difference, especially coming out of that kickoff to start the third quarter with the big return, setting the UCLA offense up into Ute territory. And that's when UCLA really thought, all right, this is when Bruin fans probably thought, all right, this is a different team ready to assert second-half dominance like they did in the third quarter, like they did in the fourth quarter in games. They've pretty much done it all season long. Somewhere in the third or the fourth, they've stepped it on, stepped it up, put their foot in the gas, and ended up dominating from the rest of the game. That's what they did against Washington in the third quarter. And against Utah, it took a third and fourth quarter performance together as a team to really assert their control and prove to the nation that this team is ready to rock. They're now ranked 11th in the nation in the AP poll, 12th in the USA Coaches poll with either Oregon right below them or Oregon right above them, depending on which poll you use, setting up in a crazy, awesome matchup in Austin, in Eugene at 1230, I think they've announced in a couple weeks, where 
That UCLA seventh game with Oregon also on a bye, too. Their seventh games will be crucial. We'll talk about how those games will be important and all that, but for the grades, offense gets the A-, minus, defense gets the B, and the special teams eh, flickering between C+, plus B-, minus just because of the missed field goal, and I'm feeling a bit mean. It is what it is. UCLA, though, despite some sloppiness, despite Utah kind of keeping it a closer game than some might have liked at some certain point in the game, UCLA equally was able to put this game away, put it on ice, even a little bit better than they did against Washington, where they let the Huskies get back in it after the Bruins were clearly in control against Utah. UCLA said, no, no, we're not letting anybody back in it. And they finally said, no, it's our victory. They went out and won it. And the Bruins are now 6-0 and and shocking people, even me in that Utah game specifically, that they are really solid. But they do the things they need to win, efficiency in the moments that need to be fine-tuned, and they've done just enough to win every game. And so far, that's all you need. You need to be 6-0. and We can enjoy it for two weeks. Hit me in the comments in terms of what topics you want me to talk about coming up. In the meantime, go make Locked On Pac-12 your second listen with host Spencer McLaughlin. He's got you with all your ones and twos around the conference. Probably going to be hyping up UCLA now. I think he might have picked Utah. I don't really know what he picked. But he'll probably start hyping up UCLA. And I'm pretty sure we'll talk, Spencer and I. You'll see us talk about Oregon and UCLA coming up in the, the weeks to come. In the meantime, UCLA gets the dub. Thanks for tuning in. Get your hands up in the air, Bruin fans. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. UCLA. UCLA. Fight, fight, fight. It's cool. Yeah, that's right. Let's get hyped. In the meantime, this has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.